0: May 31st, 2023, we're in Masechet Besa on Dafkafa Mudbet, five lines from the top of the Amud. If you recall yesterday, at the end of the class, we read this uh, somewhat lengthy story. Effectively, what the story told us was, in my opinion, just a fascinating occurrence. It was Hillel Hazaken, about whom we know, disagreed with Shammai. Bet Hillel and Bet Shammai in our Mishnah disagreed about several issues. Among them, whether it's permitted to bring your Olat Reiyah, the sacrifice which is called an Olah, which is obligatory in holiday time. Could you bring that on Yom Tov or not? Hillel Hazaken finds himself or brought himself to bringing a Korban Olah on Yom Tov in the Mikdash. Uh, students of Beit Sh- of Shammai uh, see him doing so and they, uh, they bring themselves together and almost uh, start to bully him, asking him, what's the nature of that animal that you have? He lies to them in order to avoid controversy and says, it's a female animal. I can't be bringing it as a korban He even takes the tail and waves it at them to try to fake this sort of matter to them. And the Gemara then tells in the story how the students, it appears, picking up on what just happened to them, that they were just played at some point later in the day or on the holiday, they wanted to establish halakha like Shammai, like their rabbi, that you can't bring korban ola, even ola t'hova on the holiday. At which point the Gemara then tells us that bava ben buta, a student, an elderly student of Shammai, decided we're gonna put this to rest and we're going to establish the halakha not like my rabbi, like Hillel, whom he thought was right, and that you could bring Ola on the holiday. What did he do? He brought many Son Kedar, many animals that were high quality to Jerusalem. He exclaimed and remarked to everyone around him, everyone who wants, go take an animal and bring it to the Mikdash and sacrifice it effectively. He gets people to follow the opinion of Betilel or of Hilel Hazakin, and by so doing the Gemara says, he was a student of Bet of Shammai, and by so doing he establishes, says the Gemara, Dan Shil By so doing, by everyone grabbing those animals, sacrificing them, and bring them to the Mikdash on Yom Tob. The halakha is established like Hillel. Uh, that, in my mind, just in, in a moment, or in less than a moment, is a fascinating story the Gemara tells because it speaks to how halakha often is determined. Understand, there was a dispute. There was a standstill with certain, to a certain respect with regards to this dispute. Hilal and Shammai disagreed on about this matter. Mm. There was no determining halakha like A over B unless uh, what was the unless, what well, the Gemara Masechet Eruvin tells us that in the days of the students of Beit Shema and Beit they disagreed for several years until a heavenly voice comes out and says, halakhaz like Beit Hillel. Uh, but this either is before or that's not how does halakha change? How does it become codified? How do you and I know this is what we do as opposed to that approach? We can prove it, but oftentimes you can bring proofs to both sides. Hilela and Shammai both backed up their opinion. How did this change? How was this determined? The Gemara story is very telling. It's by the people coming together. Bava Ben Buta, ironically, the student of Shammai Hazakin, setting this into motion, and the people acting upon it. As, as I've mentioned on more than one occasion, when there are issues that people get let down like why is the community quote unquote stuck in this halakha so listen, assuming there's open grounds in terms of the scholarship in terms of the rabbis, in terms of the tradition with regards to practice the only way it will change is if people begin changing it I don't want people starting a revolution against halakha, but over here is the opinion of it would only change by the people doing it, that's what the Gemara tells us very clearly a hundred percent. It was up in the air, but some people were doing one way, others were doing another way. Uh, no question. There uh, was no acceptable practice There was no acceptable practice. Both were accepted practice, which is fascinating in and of itself as well. Imagine standing in the Mikdash on the holiday, some people forbade bringing these sacrifices, others thought it was the right thing to be doing. And they're both viable options. right? What I'm saying is until today, there are viable options in halakha, uh, sometimes, even minority groups, or let's say uh, Ashkenazim versus Faradir, whatever the circumstance is. Oftentimes, what it takes is, I've said many times, this is what Hakam Vadia Yosef did on many, many, many issues. What he determined in many circumstances was well, listen, there's disparity on this matter. People don't really know the right approach per se, with the capital T and R, the right approach. I'm going to determine, I'm going to have people change their practice in order to set into motion one solidified uh, uh, act in this respect. And that's what you have in this short story. Again, the, the examples abound with regards to where Hacham Vadya Yosef did and, and his, uh, his, his followers as well. Right. Right. One confusing part for me, though, is this happened during Halil's lifetime. Mm-hmm. So at that time, yeah, Halil and Shammai both were, like you said, viable options. Right, so not, not only- It not only c- how, 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 how it like It, it to me, is puzzling that this happened. I don't know why this happened, because my understanding, certainly the way Haram Bam describes it to us, but the way we have it always is it's the students of Shammai and Zakin who came together and decided how the Chaz like us, as opposed to you. Right, that's what the Gemara says. Halalo amrim halacha Kamoteno. Halalo amrim halacha kamotenu. It seemed, seems all the time, as if they lived comfortably, that community doing one way, another community doing another way. Over here, there was some moment of crisis. The students of Shammai wanted to establish halakha like that. You don't find that until the students' generation later. Over here, you find a different circumstance. All right, the Gemara says now five lines from top. Shuv, and shuv means as, again, And Rashi points out, Uh, after that initial story, the one we just described, another story uh, related, but again, it happened afterwards, which might be important. It was a student of Hillel, from Beit Hillel. He too, like his rabbi, in the story we read before him, brought his korban on the holiday to the Mikdash, he's going to go through with the appropriate procedure according to Hillel, according to Bet Hillel. Now realize that according to Rashi, this took place afterwards. This should be at a time where the halakha is already established like Hillel. You're allowed to. You're supposed to be bringing your sacrifice, korban ola, on the holiday. One of the students of Beit Shammai may be still sour, maybe be unconvinced about the halacha being like Bet Hilil, which the Gemara tells us, lo id'ir, nobody actually protested it. But here he is, and he sees another student bringing his sacrifice, the Hilel student, Amarlo he says to him, what is this leaning on the animal? Effectively asking, what are you doing? Why are you bringing Rashi? Why is it that you're going against our approach? And again, Joey, it's just an interesting thing. Here, if it's already in student generation, it's already easier to understand. We do, generally speaking. Haram Bam says they had a general. Uh, he seems to write general understanding. You do like you. We do like us, and uh, we'll we'll coexist. We hear the students at the very least are disputing, are disagreeing with. Mazo Why are you doing semicha? Why bring the korban olah into the mikdash on the holidays? It's not what we do. Amar lo, the response of Hilel's student of Bet Hilel adherent. Mazoshetika. shetika. He says to him, oh, you're asking me what this simicha is? I'll ask you, what's with the non-silence? And he cynically says, what's with silence? In other words, you should keep your mouth shut. Scott, there's no reason for you to be talking. You're wrong over here. I'll add to it again, the detail of Rashi. This happened after we determined Allah halacha like Betilel. What are you protesting? What's, what's your involvement with, with what I'm doing, which is right? Shetako b'nezifah, his silence or his silencing of the other. The bet student to the bet Shammai student was b'nezifah in a manner, in a way of rebuke. And the student of bet Shammai, after hearing that, instead of engaging in a dispute, instead of the bet student entering into an argument and explaining his rationale and fighting it and dealing, he just throws right back at him a sharp... Three word response, what's with the silence? And uh, it, it uh, gets the student of Beit Shammai to leave. Uh, says the Gemara, we can derive a certain understanding with regards to how to disagree with a person. Abaye says, therefore, if we read this story and understand, it's many messages, but among them, if a person's attacking you verbally, how do you respond? Surba me, Surba me refers to a Talmid hacham. Uh, the Gemara Maseche Ta'anit explains that the word lisrov means to burn. And the Gemara over there describes how students of Torah oftentimes have this burning fire within them with regards to truth of Torah. Anyway, that's a surba merabanan De'amar le'chavre milta, if there's a scholar, if there's a talmid, Hakam, whose friend says something to him. Milta, milashon milah, says something to him. In other words, opposing his view, uh, telling him something he's doing is wrong, assuming he knows it is right. He should not. Lehader means to respond. le to him. Milta, a word. Tefe means more. Don't say more to him than he said to you. Instead of engaging in the logic and the explanation and the rationale of why you're doing that and how embarrassing he is and this kind of. Just respond with the same types of words he threw at you. He says to you, what's with the simicha? You say to him, what's with the silence? It's it, Word for word, in that respect, in a quick, succinct, sharp fashion, it ended it. After all, he said to him, meaning the student of Bet Shammai said to the student of Bet quote, mazo simicha, three words, what is with this leaning? In other words, what are you doing? And he responded succinctly without bringing in explanations and and, and anything, any other details. And he responded to him, quote, Yes, sir. But this is a very different portion, actually, with the Lord of Zaken, right? And we're saying this is a model, but the Lord of actually said, I'm gonna, you, 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 "No, I'm going to... Several things, several things, Joey. Number one... is very, very he saw that they were, they were a yeah. Number one, with regards to Hilal Hazaken, he was able to mislead. Uh, over here, it seems uh, it seems as if he couldn't have pulled it's off his way. rabbi's thing again. Keep in mind, they noticed afterwards that Hilal wasn't telling the truth. No. No. No, number two, number two, number two, the circumstance to the circumstance the situation is, according to rashi after the halakha already determined like that they live. in the initial stage you don't need to silence them but say let them talk they have a different opinion over here, they shouldn't be talking. Ah. All right, says the Gemara we have a beraita which gets into further detail on uh, these matters, and uh, it develops for us the opinions of Beit and Beit Shammai, gives us the background, tells us what was going on behind the scenes, not in stories, but in terms of dirashot with regards to their opinions. Let's just remember again, they're fundamentally, for our purposes, split on the matter of olat reiyah. we'll call it olat hova, alternatively, on holiday, on Yom Tov, is it permitted for a person to bring that? According to Beti Leil, absolutely. You bring your korban Ola which you're obligated to bring on the holiday, bring it into the Mikdash, slaughter it, and give it entirely to HaKadosh That's how a korban olah works. According to Beit Shammai, in contrast, it can't be done on Yom Tov. It can and should be done either on Hola Oed, or in the days following Shavuot, when you have your days to make up for sacrifices that were missed. But that's the only way to do it, according to Beit Shammai. In our Mishnah, although we talk logically about how they're split on this matter. We explained according to Beit Shammai, you're putting some food in your mouth by the korban shalamim. The korban Olah is obligatory for the holiday, at least in their eyes. Beit Shammai disagree. Their concept is, even if it's obligatory, quote, for the holiday, nothing's going in your mouth as the person who's bringing it. A korban ola is kalil, it's entirely sacrificed to God, and therefore they say it's not permitted. Here we get the background with regards to their conversation, Tanya. Abrahata explains that amru lahem betil lelebet shamai here were the words of defense or of offense of to bet shamai again defending or claiming proclaiming their opinion what's their opinion that a korban, olat riya can and should be brought on the holiday uma bemakom she asul lehdiyot mutar legevoha makom she mutar lehdiyot eno din that's what's called the kalvah homer. They're logically deducing and in turn proving their point. Uma b'makom. Makom over here means not per se place, but it means in a situation. An initial situation is a reference to Shabbat. On Shabbat, asur lehediot. All korbanot, which are for individuals, are prohibited. There's a restriction on Shabbat. You're not allowed to bring a personal, individual sacrifice. However, mutar la-gavoah, on Shabbat, we would bring the timidim and the musafim, which means to say for the congregation, the communal sacrifices which were at olah, which were going entirely to God, we call that gavoah, up above the heavens, Akadosh kadosh was permitted. So let's pause for a second and again analyze. It means on Shabbat, not per se, his understanding is because it's gavoah, as for HaKadosh Baruch as opposed to people. Um, so the, the understanding, in turn, goes like this. It says, keep in mind, there was no korban shalamin brought on Shabbat. It's only Olam. It says, on Shabbat, you can't bring a uh, korban for hediot, for human beings. Right? You're not allowed to bring that. What you are allowed to bring on the Shabbat, which is so strict and severe that individuals aren't allowed to bring their sacrifices, sacrifices, quote-unquote, for God and only for God. We call that the olav Medin and musafim. Oh, so wait a second. Where is that bringing me? That's on the one hand. Now, I can logically deduce from that makom she mutar lehediot. Well, if there's a situation, i.e. Yom Tob, where individuals are allowed to bring their sacrifices, oh, what situation on Yom Tob can individual bring their... Oh, shalamim. Shalmei Hagigah, gigah Simha. So we've been talking about, even Beit I agree that the Shilamim, where some goes to God, a little bit goes to the kohen. Everything else goes to the owners. Ah, oh, let me go a step further than that. I'm allowed to make any food for my family, completely and fully permitted. On Yom Shabbat, I can't make any food for my family. We'll say that's pro- prohibited lehidiot. When it comes to Yom Tov, not only are the sacrifices for hidiot permitted, but the food is permitted. The pasuk in Shemot Bet says you're allowed to prepare through Food for your family, for yourself. Oh Enodin Shemutar Lagavoa, shouldn't we say all the more so that it's permitted to bring sacrifices for God as well? Again, if on Shabbat where for yourself is prohibited, for God it's permitted when it comes to Yom Tov, where for yourself is permitted, certainly for God as well, it should be permitted. What are we referring to then? Beti proof. Their claim that a korban the olah, the sacrifice, which none of it goes into your mouth, none of it is enjoyed by you and your family, should be mutar to sacrifice. The Gemara is not distinguishing. The Gemara doesn't distinguish. Why should it make it well on Yom Tov? First, but, on Yom, but clearly there's no distinction between community and personal because on Yom Tob you can bring a personal sacrifice as well. There's no distinction between communal and personal. The distinction is between if it's la or la that's the only distinction. We're not so distinguishing it between gave you that because you He doesn't need your sacrifice Well, your korban shilamim doesn't need to be brought either. He doesn't need your korban shilamim, and you don't need your korban shilamim, but it's permitted to bring the korban shilamim. The understanding is that on Yom Tov, is all permitted. It's permitted, and why shouldn't we go to... uh, We're never going to... He doesn't need our korban timidim or musafim on Shabbat either. The point is, but it's permitted. We say, Kadosh Baruch Hu says... I don't need it, you need it. Uh, so, in turn, the Qurban of Allah, you need as well, even though it's going entirely to me. And I'm the understanding in turn of Beti Laylas. The understanding in turn of Beti Laylas. That's, that's their kafahum. Again, to read it through if when it comes to Shabbat, a hediot is not allowed to slaughter for their own food, not allowed to prepare their own food, not allowed to sacrifice on their own, but you can bring a sacrifice which is going entirely to God, a on Yom Top, where you can slaughter, you can prepare food with melachot for yourself and others. Furthermore, you can bring Qurban shilamim. Shouldn't it be the word "din" over here means logic? Isn't it logical? Isn't there what's called a kalvah homer? If the less severe is, uh, if the more severe is permitted, then certainly the less severe should be as well. becha l'hem becha betshamai respond to betilem. We don't like that proof. I'll tell you why. Nidarimu uh, nidavot yochihu shemutal lehediot veasur lagavoha. So nidarim and nidavot. Should be the proof against your claim because it goes like this. Our assumption is from our Mishnah, our assumption is that both and even Betilil agree that Nidarim and Nidavot, we've talked about these, those are the donation animals, not obligatory, not a Shalmeh Shalmeh Simcha, Shalmeh Hagiga. Donation! I had a good year, I had a good circumstance, I want to bring a Korban Shalamim, Takadosh Barcha, I want to bring a Korban Todah, whatever the circumstance is, not allowed to bring it on Yom Tov. Oh, wait a second, says bechama you're not allowed to bring that on Yom Tov? You see, you're not allowed to bring whatever you want on Yom Tov. Mm-hmm. You see, in some circumstances, over here, it's asur gavoah. you're not allowed to bring it. It's true, you're allowed to put the food in your mouth, so you're allowed to slaughter it and eat it, but you're not allowed to bring it gavoah. It's inappropriate to bring your kobat nedarim and nedavot even on Yom Tov, to the Mikdash. Well, that being the case, says Beit Shammai, if you're not allowed to bring Nedarim and Nedavot, doesn't that throw a wrench? Doesn't that knock out your logical deduction? Your assumption was, if on Shabbat, where something for yourself is not permitted for God, it is on Yom Tov, where for yourself it's permitted, certainly for God it's permitted, well, what about Shilamim? What about Korban? Which, on the one hand, if it's for God, uh, if excuse me, if it's for yourself, you're slaughtering the animals permitted. If it's for God, your donation, it's prohibited. Again. We talked about semi semicha before Yom Tov, oh, not the, the shemita. Yeah, and that was on the shalmech hova. Here we're talking about shalmein davar. Right. The olah is olah, yah is chiyuf from Torah. The shulamim or the holidays chiyuf from Torah. Midarein davarot is your option. So of course not going to say go ahead Understood. In terms, of, I gotcha. That, that again, but the kabbalah didn't take that into account. Betile never mentioned anything about obligation. Betramayo is responding to Betile based on their logic. You never mentioned anything obligation, Betileo. You mentioned if it's for Hediot, if it's for Gavoa. I'll respond to you with that. You see over here, it's something which is prohibited, like Gaboa. That's that's the response. So effectively, <laughs> the response of Betilel is along your lines. Amru lahem Betilel, beti now respond to beth We'll tell you why nedarim and nedavot are different. Ma nedarim and nedavot, sheen kavu alahem zeman. Tomar be'olat re'iya she kavu alah zeman. I think that's where you're going, Jesse. The response of Beit is the word Kavua. Kavua means established, means it's set in place. When it comes to Nidarim and Nedavot, you don't need to. There's no established time for it to be brought on the holiday. As a result, the Torah, says Beit does not permit bringing it. You need food on the holiday? You need food on the holiday. Go procure and deal with it however you need to. You uh, have a sacrifice, which is an obligation on the holiday? You handle that as well on the holiday. It's going to God? Going to God, of course, all the more so. You have nedarim and nedavot, which is not obligatory on the holiday. You took a donation upon yourself to bring this to the mikdash, do it before the holiday or do it after the holiday. The reason Nidarim and Davot don't ask a question on us, don't pose an issue for us, say hey, is because in kavu alahim zeman. They don't have an established time. It's not an obligation for the holiday. You can't say that if uh, it's an obligation on holiday to have some Yom Tov. It's an obligation on holiday to bring the Korban Shelemim, the Korban Ola. It's not an obligation to bring donations of sacrifices. For that reason, the Torah cut cut the line over there. That's I mean, prohibited. prohibited interesting claim it's not the claim but ultimately speaking we can nonetheless I, I understand that we'll see something similar hopefully in a few lines but what I can tell you nonetheless is it, you still wouldn't say it's kabu'a lo zema. You wouldn't say it's an established time. Established time? Is not established time. Your claim, alternatively, is Nathan. It's an interesting one. Is that the Torah? Keep moving, you're not even talking rabbinic, The Torah would permit bringing this on Yom Tov, even though quote well, it'd been better to bring it afterwards, because you might neglect and forget to bring it. So we'll tell you to bring it as quickly as possible. That's an interesting claim. We'll see something very similar, but. Okay. the cutoff is Sukkot why make the Sukkot? is same idea words, if, if, if Sukkot is the cutoff that's, you have until Sukkot or you have until on Sukkot I mean it's depending on how you define it okay, but, I say you have until New Year's it's until New Year's or including New Year's you're not to according to B'et Shammai according to B'et according to them you're defining New Year's as the cutoff time once you got on to January 1st it's too late so yeah. the Torah tells you in its own way, January 1st is your cutoff. You say, why did you say January 1st? You can't use January 1st, because I mean until January 1st. I don't, you know, I don't know if that's... Uh, so those two that you just mentioned, that Ben Shammai says you're not allowed to bring in Yom Tovah, you're allowed to those on Shabbat. No, certainly not. But that's not going to pose a problem to us on Shabbat. Of course you're not allowed, it's for yourself, so to speak. Says so the Gemara, Amru lahem Shammai, bet respond... And say, uh, excuse me. I'm, uh, so again, Beti Leil responded to Bet Shemai by saying, "Nidari menedavot are different because <laughs> in kavu alahem zeman. Amaru lahem Bet Shemai avzo En kavu al zeman ditnan, mishelo hag bi yom tov rishon shel hag holik veholek kolaregel kulov yom tovah haron shel hag." The response to Bet Shemai is, "Oh, wait a second. Did you mean?" That nidarim and nidavot chesi are different than shelamim of so, of, of and of simcha. Why why do you think it's different? Oh, you said one is obligatory in its time. It's not really in its time. In what time? Oh, on Yom Tov. It's not obligatory on Yom Tov. We have a Mishnah. The Mishnah teaches us explicitly. if you didn't bring on the first day of the holiday, and by the way, by Korban we say you can't bring it on the first day of the holiday. You bring it the rest of the holiday. No, one second. If the time has elapsed, you can't bring the sacrifice any longer. The time hasn't elapsed you can continue bringing the sacrifice throughout the holiday. It doesn't have on Yom Tov. There's still an ending. There's still an ending. The <laughs> have an ending as well. Balte will have the regel, whatever it is, as Joey was referring to us earlier. The question is, is it established? It's how loosely or how strictly to define what it means, kabu alo zeman, and bechamai now are a little bit looser in their definition by saying, sure, you have a time, but it's not the first day of the holiday, and as a result, we don't think you should be bringing the first day. Yes, absolutely. Amrulahem <laughs> Betilel avzo kavuala zeman. Betilil responds and suggests that with regards to, uh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't define what those words meant just a moment ago, means, and even on Aseret, That's right, if it's being brought on Sukkot, you can even bring it on Of course, has many, the, the Gemarati and the Massechit, uh, Sukkot describes how it has many of its own characteristics, and then some characteristics it shares with Sukkot. Here's one that it shares with Sukkot, the Korban. Shilamim, which you're supposed to bring a uh, Hagiga on the holiday, you can bring even on Shemini Aser, But I thought it's a different holiday. It's a different holiday for many matters. Now with regards to the sacrifice, okay. So that's the counterclaim of Beit Shamai. now are the strong ones. Now we have a tennis match. We're back and forth. Beit Shammai just had a slam over the net at Beit Ilil, Right? How do you explain this, Beit Ilil? There is no kivi'at zeman, kivi'ut zeman. Amru lahem avzo zeman. Ditnan avar hag I say Betilel in response to Bet Shammai, they say you should know that even with regards to um, this matter, even with regards to this sacrifice, there is a zeman uh, What sort of zeman are you dealing with? Well I said, Well you only have, as Nathan said a moment ago, until the end of the holiday. You do have it's true, Beth Shammai, we agree with you. you. Don't need to bring it on Yom Tob, but you do only have a couple of days. And as a result, there's a fear, maybe you'll be negligent. As a result, this is the logic I was referring to, to, you were mentioning earlier, Nathan, as a result, say Betilel, here's how things divide up. When it comes to nidarim and nidavot, in general, you have a lot of time to bring those. You don't just have one holiday to bring them. You have until the next holiday, until three holidays, until three holidays in a row, you have plenty of time. We don't have as much of fear that you're going to be ne- neglectful and not bring it in its appropriate time. And uh, So as a result, that's not permitted by the Torah. When it comes to shilamim, for the holiday, you said Beit it doesn't need to be brought on Yom Toh, bring it the rest of the holiday. There's only a couple more days, I'm in Yerushalayim, my children want to go for a ti'ul the next day, the next day my wife wanted to check out the marketplace, I'm gonna miss out on this, I know I want to bring it, I have an opportunity, it's Yom Tov. there's no activities, there's nothing, you're gonna tell me Torah, or alam that I'm not allowed to bring it on this day? Say betilil? absolutely not, it's permitted on that day. bet in contrast, that's right, get over it, the rest of the days you'll have to find your time. But that's ultimately speaking the Mahlokin over here, so it means betilil defends their logic. Again, the initial logic they had was was comparing it to Shabbat. If on Shabbat, when I'm not permitted to do things for myself, I'm permitted to, so to speak, for the heavens. So certainly on Yom Tob, when I'm allowed to do it for myself, I'm allowed to prepare the food for myself, I can sacrifice the Ola for the heavens. The back and forth, ultimately speaking, ends with a question of how to compare this to Nedarim and Nidavot. Is an Ola triiyah similar to Nedarim and Nidavot or different? Everyone agrees Nedarim and Nidavot can't be brought. Do I consider Ola like Nedarim and Nidavot or not? Says Beit one. Why is it any different? Ultimately speaking, it's your own personal obligation. Say, no, but one of them has a prescribed time. The other one doesn't. That's what we're up to in this in this says the Gemara, So now that we didn't lose, per se, but we weren't able to win the argument against your logic, let's defend it ourselves, say, through Pesukim. I understand we have a standstill in terms of logic. We have two ways of seeing this. Is something which is supposed to be brought on the holiday seen as circumscri- circumscribed time it has a specific time period? or do you say the fact that it be brought the whole holiday? It's not a specific time major ramifications with regards to all that to the but let me defend myself based on a pas. Pazuk says, which we cited earlier in the class, "Ach Asher nefesh, Hu levado lachem." Pazuk says that anything which will be food for you, that itself can be done. Last word for you. I come and say, Rabbi, can I prepare my meal? I say, yeah, sure? Anything that you're preparing for yourself is permit, permitted for yourself. That's an extra word at the end of the Pasuk, for yourself. I told you, anything that's going to be eaten, that itself can be prepared for you. What's with the for you? The lachem at the end of the Pasuk. It must be telling me lachem velo The end of the Pasuk, which says that word lachem, is telling you it's for you. But not anything which is going to be uh, directed. It's a little bit paradoxical. We'll, we'll, we'll yet see such an opinion later on, potentially. At this point, the claim is the opposite, the antithesis of Lachem is Understood, that korban olah, although I'll agree with you, ultimately speaking, you're not really getting anything, Musa. It's all going to the Mikdash. You might get your relationship with Borei Olam, but in terms of, quote, who's eating it, it's fully his. So as a result, Beit Shammai says, A nice pasuk, but I have another pasuk. Pasuk by korban hagiga. Says says oto hag ladonai. Unnecessary last mention. For God. Why is it telling you for God? It's telling you anything which is for God in terms of sacrifices is permitted. That's so how everyone has their Pasuk. Bet-shamai have the extra word Lachim in the Pasuk, Betile the extra word Lahashim and as a result, each of them defend their opinions. So again. Before, yeah. why would they have to go to Kahomot? because we have a standstill in terms of the Pesukim nobody's proving themselves <laughs> the, the assumption was that Kalvah Homer will prove our derasha and the Pesukim over yours I have a derasha, you have a derasha. who's going to win this argument I have logic that, that, that supports me I'll go with the logic that's the assumption. Uh, uh, in Ken, says the Gemara, lastly, okay, back at Beti Leil. So Beti Leil, your understanding is you're pointing to Pasuk Hashem. How do you explain that Pasuk Lachem? Beit had a beautiful interpretation, Pasuk Lachem, Lachem ve'lo lagavuah. How do you interpret it? So we had different suggestions from the crowd. Something along those lines the Gemara says, Im ken leil, lachem? Why is there an unnecessary extra word of lachem in the context of the food, the preparations you're allowed to do on the holiday for yourself? Lachem ve'lo kutim, Lachem ve'lo kilabim. Uh, we have two mi'utim, two things that are excluded as a result of this lachem. One is not for kutim. We're going to translate it as non-Jews. Uh, let to make food for yourself and for your family and for your people. And the second one, uh, in, in short, we're going to see a Gemara cafe, which which tells us there is such a thought, maybe if it's your animal, maybe in turn it's permitted, the Gemara is making clear it's only if it's going to go into... Your mouth, only if it's going to be consumed by and prepared for human beings. Okay, ultimately speaking, it means what we established then in the Gemara today, we finished up the stories, the second story with regards to the students this time of Beit Ilel and Bet Shammai, how to respond appropriately in a time of a conflict when you're verbally attacked by another, respond in the same language instead of bringing other proofs or ideas or or claims against them. And then the Gemara brought us through and there's a little bit more that needs to be finished up tomorrow morning. Uh, The Gemara then brought us through the. A logical dispute between Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel, where Bet Hillel tried to prove it from Kalvahome and Shammai responded. And we saw how, ultimately speaking, there was a standstill. You could see and understand both sides. Oh, what about Pesukim? Each one of them point to a Pasuk. Bet Shammai points to Lachem, Bet Hillel points to Lahashem. Ultimately speaking, Bet Hillel, whom we're most interested in, how do they interpret the Pasuk Lachem? We saw two halachot at the very end, which we'll have to return to in the later pages of the Gemara, Lachem velo la Kutim, not for Jews, and Lachem velo la and not for animals as well. Amen. Amen.